12. Genesis chapter number 12. While you're turning there, let me say good to see Brother Ron Ballard back there in the back. A smart man wearing his, um, his sweater tonight. He got the note that it was going to be cold. And uh, good to see him back there and glad he was able to be with us tonight. Also, had good to have some missionaries here with us tonight, Brother Ron and Miss Tara Black, correct? Lighthouse Children's Home. Always good to have missionaries drop in and visit with us. Be sure to get by their table and uh, see all that they have there. If you get a prayer card, remember you're obligated to pray for them, okay? And uh, always good to have God's servants here and thankful for people that are willing to go, amen? Uh, I echo what Brother AJ said there a moment ago. It is interesting that uh, used to a pastor was afraid to answer his phone. I'm just being straight up honest with you because you, you hate telling a missionary no that they couldn't come because you had too many coming already. And to be honest with you, you'd be surprised to know how many don't call anymore. A lot of them are coming off the field, getting older, and thankful for people uh, that are willing to go. Uh, I told Brother AJ there a moment ago, nobody has commented on the fact that I have been good with my time lately, uh, but I have done quite well in 2023 keeping on task. And so we're going to jump into it tonight if we could. That way we can get you back home and ready for for work tomorrow. Genesis chapter 12, if you're there, let's stand together. Uh, I'm going to read a familiar passage as we continue our series on the road to readiness. Uh, I'm thankful for the year the Lord's given us thus far. Thankful for the great spirit our church has had uh, and the great liberty we've had in the pulpit. I pray we'll continue that tonight and pray your heart will be open to receive what God has for us. I'm excited about it. I uh, told my wife this afternoon, not preaching the message I thought I was going to preach today. That'll be next week. The Lord led us to back up just a little bit as we introduce a new character. Last week we looked at Noah, and the Lord's going to have us look at Abraham this week. Genesis 12, look down to verse 1. The Bible says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Watch verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was 70 and 5 years old when he departed out of Haran. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us tonight. Father, thank you for the testimony of Abraham. Thank you, Father, for your testimony toward him. Thank you, Father, we can see his faithfulness, and more importantly, we can see your faithfulness. And I pray that, Lord, as we Look down this road of readiness as a church as we seek to be a people uh, ready and prepared to meet the Lord that, Father, you would help us follow in his faithful footsteps tonight. I pray that, Lord, we'd open our hearts and that, Father, we'd be responsive to your will during the invitation time. For it's in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We are looking at a series uh, that will go on quite uh, long into 2023 as we look at different characters entitled The Road to Readiness. And this series is simple. We're going to follow in the footsteps of faithful people. Uh, I believe there's no better examples, I told you last week, than to follow in the examples of people that God sought out to use in his ministry. Uh, I believe there's great people living in our day and age, great men and women of God who have served and who are faithful, but there's no examples like the biblical examples for these are people whom the Lord deemed ready. 
Uh, now, folks, that's why God gave it to us in the Word of God. By the way, aren't you thankful for that? Uh, that God didn't just tell us about them, but God preserved in his inspired and errant word the examples of those people who had enough faith to be willing to follow how the Lord led them in their lives in order to become ready and meet for the master's use. I was telling the grub kids, they were in my office this afternoon, and they brought me a uh, buffalo chicken soda. Uh, I don't know who comes up with stuff like that, and uh, I'm not sure if I should be excited or insulted that they brought it to me, to be honest with you, uh, but buffalo chicken soda, I told them I would drink it after the service, that way we had no bad reactions during the service. You can say thank you, and you're welcome for doing that. Uh, but I told them this afternoon, uh, we were talking about examples and talking about what I was going to preach on tonight, and there's an online learning forum, if you will, or a platform online called Masterclass. Anybody heard of Masterclass? Anybody taken Masterclass? It's, it's really just an online learning uh, program where they take people who are quote-unquote experts in their field, uh, and they record these sessions online, and uh, they range from everything from business to singing to athletics to cooking. And you go on there and you hear good instruction from people that are good at what they do. Uh, they have former presidents on there that will talk to you about politics. Uh, they have famous chefs that will teach you how to cook. Uh, some of you might better take them up on that. It would be a good thing to look into. Uh, Richard Branson, Sir Richard Branson's on there. Bob Iger on business. Wayne Gretzky, Coach K. There's a long list of people who are quote-unquote experts in their field, and you can go on there and learn from them. Uh, I think there's a, if there's some experts on preaching, I might have to go learn from them. Amen? Amen. There you go. I gave you a good opportunity. You didn't take it. That's your loss, okay? I believe that when we read about men and women of faith in Scripture that the Lord preserved for us, I believe it's better than a master class. I believe it's the master's class, amen, uh, that God gave us these examples that we could follow in the footsteps of their faithfulness and learn about how they were used of God. Now, last week we looked at Noah. Remember Noah? Uh, we just looked one, uh, one message on Noah. Abraham will be several. Uh, the second one is the one I'm looking forward to most. That's when I thought I was preaching tonight. The Lord led us back a little bit. We looked at Noah, and last week we saw where three things Noah did. He was faithful with what he knew. He was already faithful before the Lord called him. And then when God gave him the details of the ark, he was diligent with the details. I believe that's something that's going to be required of us. And then finally, he did all that the Lord commanded. He was committed to the finish. I believe tonight we're going to learn some more about how to be ready and meet for the master's use by following Abraham in Genesis chapter number 12. Now, Abraham, I believe, is definitely one we can learn from. You say, why? Well, Abraham was in the hall of fame of faith. Uh, God is no respecter of persons, but God honors faithfulness. And God recognizes faithfulness. And he, he gave us Hebrews 11. And we'll get into that here in just a few minutes. And in Hebrews chapter 11, one of the first names you'll read is the name of Abraham. Why do you think God put him in there? I believe God put him in there is because he was ready to be used of God all because of his faith. There's something for us to learn there about him tonight. You look in the New Testament, Abraham's an Old Testament figure, and yet he's mentioned in the New Testament 76 times. Uh, Abraham was referenced by Jesus and Paul alike. Why? Because of his faith. 
Now, if I'm going to follow someone and learn something about faith, I want to follow someone who was kind of good at faith. And I think Abraham is one that had such a great faith we could follow in his footsteps tonight down this road of readiness. So tonight, let's look at Abraham if we could. Let's follow in his footsteps of what God recorded about him and how we can learn to be ready to be used of God. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible says, The Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country. What we're reading in chapter 12 is the calling of Abraham. Prior to that, all that we have is really his lineage that is there. But one thing is sure is that God knew enough about Abraham and his testimony to call him into his service. By the way, what a great compliment that God would desire to use any of us. Amen? And we know that God works through man, but we've got to understand tonight that God honors faithfulness. And God could see that in the life of, uh, of Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. We read about that on in Hebrews chapter 11. We will hear in just a few minutes. Now, in verse 1, the Bible says he wants him to get out of his country and from his kindred and from his father's house unto a land that I will show thee. We see down in verse number 4. So Abraham, or Abram, departed. Now, I want you to stop right there. I can't help but wonder why. Here's Abram, who's just getting to know God. It's not like that he's known him forever and ever and ever and has a, a close relationship with him yet. God is going to visit with him multiple times in the book of Genesis. And they're going to get to know each other better. But here's God calling him. And in verse 4, the Bible says that Abram departed. Out of obedience, he just moves at what thus saith the Lord. I don't know about you, but I wonder why. What was it? Why did Abraham just decide, watch what it says in verse 1, to get out of his country, away from his kindred, and from his father's house? We're going to toggle back and forth a little bit tonight between a few scriptures, but you've got to see this in order that we might get down the road of readiness following the example that Abraham left behind. I want you to turn to your right to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4, I want to show you something. I told you he's referenced several times in scripture, and Romans chapter 4 is one of them. Look down to verse 3. We're going to see a very, very important thing of why I believe that Abram, who would be Abraham, was willing to do what he did for God. Romans chapter 4, verse 3. Listen to what it says. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now, this is an important verse, and that's an important phrase where the Bible says that Abraham believed God. As a matter of fact, you're going to find the term believed God only five times in Scripture. Three times it's talking about Abraham. So out of the five times the Bible refers to someone that believed God specifically, three times it's talking about Abraham. Now, notice what it says in verse 3. The Bible says that Abraham believed God, this is the very first step on Abraham's journey down the road of readiness, and you cannot go down the road of readiness without this first step that Abraham took. Number one, our journey begins with belief. Our journey begins with belief. Now, pause right there. Before you tune me out, you say, I've heard messages on belief before, and I know that Abraham believed, and I believe in God, but I want you to pay close attention. We're not just talking about believing in God. Notice, if you will, the Bible says that Abraham believed God. 
Now, this is important. Imagine the moment that God spoke to him. And God says, I want to call you out of your country, away from your father, into a land that I'm going to show you, away from everything that you know. And at that very moment, Abraham is at a crossroads. He's got to decide what he's going to do. Leave who he loves, the place he knows, and the people he cares for to follow this God that he's just getting to know into a country that he doesn't even know. At that moment, what was it that made the decision for Abraham? It's verse 3. The Bible says Abraham believed God. Do you know that the very course of Abraham's life and the course of Christianity and the history and the word of God all hinged on that moment when Abraham decided that he believed God? Now, folks, I I don't think we get this tonight, so I'm going to have to repeat it, all right, if you don't stick with me. Regardless of what God promised and regardless of the plan that God had, Abraham had to decide, did he believe God? Now, why is this important? It's important because I believe tonight for our church, as we seek to become ready, ready to meet the Lord and ready to be used of the Lord, that this journey we're on to becoming ready to, be, to meet him and to be used by him is going to come down to one important thing. Do you know what it is? Whether you believe God. That's what it's going to boil down to. I didn't ask you if you believe in God. You know, the Bible says even the devils believe and tremble. All right? Not talking about believing in God. The Bible says, it didn't say that Abraham believed in God. That's not enough. What's going to make the, the difference in our church this year? What's going to change Central Baptist Church to being a church that's on the road to becoming ready, to a church that is ready, is when we decide whether or not we believe God. Now, this is important. We're going to flesh this out here just for a moment. Abraham wasn't just saying, God, I believe in you. Abraham was saying, I believe on you. I trust you. Do you know there's a lot of things I believe in that I don't believe on? He said, like what? Let me give you one. Social Security. I believe in it because I cut them a check every year. I know that it's there, and I know that it exists, uh, but I don't believe on it. You say, what do you mean? Well, I'm not putting my retirement plans solely on the back of Social Security. Why? I'm not going to believe on it because I don't believe it's going to show up when I need it. All right? You folks that are getting it, enjoy it. Amen? We're going to pay you, and I hope a lot of you are enjoying it. I don't believe it's going to be there by the time I retire. The retirement age will probably be 95 by the time I get ready to draw anything out of there. And they're going to punish me probably for being a Christian and take some of my Social Security anyway. You see, that's the difference in believing in and believing on. I believe in Social Security. It's there. I know that it is, at least for now. But I don't believe on it. You say, what's the difference there? Well, one is, is belief in existence. The other is a belief in expectation. I believe in the existence of Social Security, but I don't have an expectation in Social Security. Now, listen to me. That's the difference in a Christian who will be ready and a Christian who is not ready. Some of you, listen, you just believe in God. That's not enough. That's not going to change your life. What changes your life is when you believe on God and you have an expectation in God and you're trusting God for everything. That's what Abraham did. The Bible says he believed God. Now, God wasn't asking Abraham to believe in him. God says, Abraham, I want you to believe on me. That means I want you to trust me. I assure you tonight, listen to me. You're not going to take one step down this road of readiness until you get to the place where you ask, do I really believe on God? 
You say, well, I'm saved. Hey, that's good. That's wonderful. But you know, there's a lot of people who trust them for salvation, but they don't trust them for their daily lives, which is uncanny, isn't it? That I can trust God with my ever-living soul that I cannot see that he's going to take me to heaven when I die. And you ask a Christian, do you believe that? Absolutely. And yet we can't trust him for groceries. We can't trust him to give us the boldness to witness to a soul. You see, that's what Abraham did. Why did Abraham leave everything behind? It's not just because he believed in God. He believed on God. It says Abraham believed God. Now, what's the difference? Watch close. You say, well, Abraham believed in the plan God had. No, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I believe he believed in the plan later. What convinced Abraham? He had to decide if he believed in the person of God. Because of who he is, I'm willing to trust him. It didn't say, but Abraham believed in God. It didn't say Abraham believed the plan. I do believe he believed the plan. But what's going to move him is when you believe in the God that gave you the plan. And when you trust in the very character of who he is, oh, you can trust him to do things far beyond yourself. Why? Because of who he is. That's what Abraham did. It's kind of like when you go to the bank, you know. Uh, I haven't gone to the bank for a loan in a long time. But when you go to the bank for a loan, uh, you're asking them to trust you with their money, right? And you go in and you say, I'd like to borrow $50,000, whatever it is you want to borrow. And they say, we're going to need some collateral. And you say, well, my word's good enough. After they finish laughing, they're going to tell you, no, it's not. They're going to ask you for something to back up their willingness to give you their money. I mean, used to, it was like a, tr- uh, a car title. You know, you give them your car title, something like that. Maybe you're a deed to some land. Nowadays, I don't know, they may require two or three kids before they give you a loan. What they want is a guarantee. Before they trust you with their money, they want you to guarantee that you're going to pay it back. They need something to back that up. Do you know who the guarantor of the promises of God are? It's God. God is the collateral for all of his commitments. And when God called Abraham, Abraham wasn't saying, you know what, I, I think that's a good plan. You know, he's going to give me some land and give me some kids. That's, a, that's not what Abraham was banking on. The Bible says Abraham believed God, who God was. Matter of fact, what does the Bible say in Hebrews 6, verse 13? For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. What does that mean? That when God needed collateral to back up his promise to Abraham, do you know what his collateral was? Do you know, thinking carnally, I'm carnal. Oh, it's so sad. So are you. I think carnally. I'm thinking if I was God, I'd have got a few of the gold bricks out of the streets and said, hey, this is my backing it up. I'm going to back it up with some of the gold from the streets. Oh, that wasn't good enough. Maybe he goes and gets one of the archangels. Maybe Gabriel. I'm going to use my best angel as collateral. Hey, this ought to do it. No, the Bible says that when God could swear by no greater, do you know what he swore by to Abraham? The Bible says he swore by himself. God was the guarantor and that God was the collateral backing up his promise. Can I tell you what will motivate you to get down the road of readiness to be who God wants you to be this year? Can I tell you what will motivate you? The fact that the very promise that God wants you to be ready is backed up by none other than himself. That God says, I'll stand good for what I call you to. I've told you before, Hudson Taylor, I love him, missionary to China. God's will and God's way will never lack God's supply. Why? Because God stands good for his promises. 
Can I tell you there have been times in my ministry I wanted to quit. I felt like quitting. I even told people I wanted to quit. But you know why I couldn't quit? Because I know that I answered the call of a God who keeps his word. And he promised never to leave me nor forsake me. And can I tell you, it's just hard to give up on a God who's never failed. It's hard to quit on a God who has never lied. It's hard to quit on a God who always keeps his promises. And can I tell you tonight, when you start believing on God, instead of believing just in God, suddenly you find a little bit more momentum to get down the road of readiness. You know, God could call you to be a missionary tonight. Got some missionaries here. God could call you to be a missionary. To Think of the scariest place in the world right now. Get it in your mind. Everybody got it there? Some of you are thinking Walmart, you know. Some of you are thinking different parts of Hattiesburg. No, I just don't want to go there. Some of you are like Columbia. I don't want to go to Columbia. I don't know what it is. Get it in your head. Scariest place on the planet that God could call you. And you're like, I couldn't do that. I don't want to go there. You could if you realized that the God who called you would back you up the whole way. You could face your giants. How did David do that? Because he believed in God? No, not at all. He believed on God. Hey, so how do you know that? He says, because the Lord delivered me out of the hand of the lion and the bear, and he's going to deliver me out of your hand too. He was believing on God. That's where his courage came from. I believe tonight the reason we don't have much spiritual moxie to go about the will of God and to get closer to becoming ready is simply because we don't believe like we should. Can I tell you the crossroads tonight? I believe with all my heart, the crossroads for readiness for Central Baptist Church is going to be decided by whether or not we truly believe. That's what's going to get you out of your country. You say, what's your country? You want me to move? No. Hey, somebody's got to stay here for me to preach to. Amen? So somebody's got to hang around a little while. What's going to get you out of your comfort zone? Is that not what his country was? His country was his comfort zone. What's going to get you out of your comfort zone? You're going to believe God. Not believe in God. So, well, I believe in God. Even the devils do that. That's not much of a faith when your faith is on the same level as the devil. But, oh, you take it up a notch when you decide, I'm going to believe on God. And I'm going to decide that I want to be who God wants me to be. Who does God want you to be? He wants you to be ready. All right? This isn't real deep theology tonight. God wants you to be ready. How do you be ready? Well, our journey begins with belief. Verse 3, for what saith Scripture, Abraham believed God. Watch this. And it was counted counted when God says I'm looking for someone that's ready to be used he found someone who believed on him that's what God's looking for in you and I someone who believe on him now notice the Bible says that God counted that I am so thankful tonight that God's not always looking for talent now if you got talent God wants you to use it for him all right if you sing in the shower y'all sing for the Lord I sing when I'm cutting grass, but I don't get to cut grass much. So I don't get to sing much anymore. Hey, if God's giving you talent, use it for him. But look, God doesn't always count talent. You say, well, I want to be used of God, but I don't have any talent. Well, good. Watch this. God doesn't always count talent. You say, well, I'm not very good looking. Obviously, I'm not either. Amen. I gave you another one. I'm giving you freebies tonight. Come on. Time to wake you up. When kids, without the kids in here, you get sleepy really, real quick because you have nobody to pinch. All right? God counts belief. God says, I'm just looking for some people who believe on me. I believe tonight God's up there in heaven. He's scanning the world, scanning the globe, scanning America, scanning Mississippi, and he's looking for a group of people that just believe on him. Now, here's what you're asking. The Bible says that 
Abraham believed God. I believe tonight if we believe God and we believe on God, God's going to use us to get down this road of readiness that he's calling us to. And you're asking this question, about what? If God would tell me exactly what he wants to do with me, maybe I'd get on board with this. But you're missing the point. When you choose to believe God, that's the only thing you have to decide. And the rest, God determines for you. You see, that's how it works. Abraham just believed God. He says, I believe him. I trust in the character of Almighty God that I can trust him no matter what. Watch. And he made the decision to believe him before he even knew the plan. That's the kind of belief we need for our church. Where we believe whatever God wants without even knowing it. I'll show you in a minute just how much faith that Abraham, uh, Abraham had. Acts chapter 27, I was reading this this afternoon. I love Acts 27 because it reminds me of different points and times in my life. Uh, you remember when the Apostle Paul is sailing here with these folks and uh, they get in the Eurocladion, the whirlwind, the hurricane, if you will, and they're in the storm in Acts 27. And they've been out there several days and they haven't seen the sun or the stars and uh, the boat is tossed to and fro. The Bible says it got so bad, they just let her drive. They just turned loose and let the ship float. The Bible says that Paul stands up one day and he exhorts them to be of good cheer. <laughs> you would think somebody was a lunatic. Have you not looked off the side of the boat? We haven't seen sun or stars for days. There nobody's, nobody's even sitting at the wheel of the ship. This thing's just running wild. And you say, be of good cheer. Why, Paul? He says in verse 23, for there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. Watch this. For I believe God. So here's everybody scared to death. These boys are about to jump overboard. You ever been on a boat with somebody didn't know what they were doing, and you thought you had a better chance of in the water than on the boat with them? I've been in cars with people like that. I've been in cars with some of you like that before. You're like, I think I'd, I would do better jumping out the wind and just taking my chances with the asphalt out there. That's what these guys were doing. And here's Paul saying, hey, be of good cheer. Don't worry. We're all going to be fine. And those old boys were thinking, this guy has lost his mind. His seasickness has gone to his brain, and now he is, has brain sickness because of all the, the, the spinning around we've been in. But why did he have such peace? He says, be of good cheer, sirs, for I believe God. He says, I serve him, and I trust him. I love the fact Paul says, and I belong to him. And I don't know how this is going to turn out, but I know I can trust him. Oh, can I tell you, I don't know what 2023 is going to hold. It's been a great year thus far. Seeing people saved, seeing people baptized, what a great year we've had so far. But I promise you, there's going to be some whirlwinds down the road. There's going to be tough times down the road, but can I tell you, we can be of good cheer. Why? Because we believe God because of who he is, that he can handle whatever we're going to run into. I don't have, listen, my circumstances do not have to influence my demeanor or my countenance. Why? Because I believe God. You see, when you believe God, you're fully invested in whatever he says. Is that, is that not what the Bible said about Abraham back in Romans? Let me turn there for you. Let's go back there and look at it one more time real quick. What did it say about Abraham? Let 
The Bible says that Abraham believed God and it counted. It counted unto him for righteousness. What did Abraham believe? Did God show him a map? No. Did God pull back the, you know, the portals of heaven and say, Abraham, I want you to watch. This is what all that Abraham had to believe is what God said. And Abraham says, because of who he is, I believe all that he says. I believe that's what's going to make the difference in our church this year. When we decide we believe God enough, watch to agree in advance that whatever God says, we're going to do. Do you know what will change your home this year and change my home? When I decide today that I'm going to believe God in what he says before he even says it. That if God says it because of who he is, that I can trust him. I know I can trust the character of God. And no matter what he says, I decide right here. Here we are in January 2023. I believe God. And I'm going to go ahead and agree to whatever he says before he even says it. Because if God says it, it's exactly what I need in my life. So number one tonight, our journey begins with what? Our journey begins with belief. Number two. Look, if you will, tonight, uh, let's turn over to Hebrews chapter 11. I told you we're going to flip a little bit more than usual, but I want you to see this for yourself. Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, we'll settle in here the rest of the night. Well, not really the rest of the night. Some of you just panicked the rest of the service. Some of you are like, oh, great. We didn't smile enough. He's going to go the rest of the night. Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of fame of faith. Abraham's beginning this journey on the road to being used of God, to becoming ready to be used of God. What was the first thing? Well, it was very simple. His journey began with belief. That's what started it all. He had to decide, did he believe God? That's what we got to decide tonight. If you look down chapter 11, look at verse number 8. The Bible says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. Watch this. And he went out not knowing whither he went. His belief was so great that it made him willing. That even though he did not see where he was going, he was still willing to go there. Now, folks, this is important tonight. Belief is important. Why? Number two, our belief is going to determine our willingness. Our belief is going to determine our willingness. Now, I'm sure Abraham had neighbors, okay? Everybody has neighbors in this life. And I'm sure Abraham had neighbors. And can you imagine his neighbors talking to him? Abraham, we noticed you're packing up and you're getting ready to take a trip. Where are you going? I'm not sure. Abraham, I mean, really, where are you going? I don't know. I'm sure his very logical, skeptical, common sense Christian neighbors that he had, the thought that it was quite foolish that he was going into a place without knowing where he was going. But you know why Abraham was so willing? Watch this. Because he believed. Because he believed. Now, folks, I believe this with all of my heart. I believe the reason we're not willing to take steps down the road of readiness to be used of God is because we really don't believe as much as we think we do. Because if we truly believed on God like we like to think we do, we'd be more willing to do things for God, like Abraham. Could I ask you this? Hard question. You ready? If belief was measured in willingness, what do you really believe? 
if belief was measured in willingness. So what do you mean? I believe God. Wait a minute. But what if God says, I'm going to measure what you believe by what you're willing to do? I want you to know, when I was preparing this message, that one hit home. Because I love to think that I believe God and I believe on God and that I fully trust God. I'd love to think that. But what if it's measured in willingness? That what I believe is going to manifest itself and what I'm actually willing to do for God. Look, I don't believe Abraham's belief was a shallow association with God. That Abraham said, all right, I'll try this. No, no, I believe what Abraham's belief was was an all-out, sold-out expectation on God. Where Abraham said, I'm going to pack it all up. We're going to start heading that way, and we're going to trust you. Why was he so willing? Because he believed God. Now, if you'll look one verse above that one, verse 7. Let's go back to Noah from last week. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. Wait a minute. By faith, Noah moved. All right, what moved him? The Bible says he prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Did you notice that one little part there in the middle? Not seen as yet. Wait a minute. He, he couldn't see exactly what God wanted. No, he just moved. Why did he move? Why did Abraham get busy building the ark? Well, the Bible is very simple. Verse 7, by faith, the Bible says. What does that mean? It means he believed. He believed so much that he moved to do the will of God. You see, his willingness was directly affected by what he believed. I think a lot of us have probably been to the ark uh, up there in Kentucky and seen the ark. What a magnificent uh, structure that's there. Uh, being a carpenter from way back, well, I have respect for those guys who built that thing. And I know I've told you this before. My wife and I just stood there in front of the, uh, the ship, and we just stared up at it thinking, there was a man who really did that. That's a massive boat, okay? I know it's not the word to use for you nautical guys, but uh, ship, okay? A vessel. And even though that's a recreation and they had all this modern equipment, somebody actually built that. Why would someone go through all of that trouble to build that out in the middle of some nowhere when it hadn't even rained before? There's only one answer. He believed. His willingness to do that was a reflection of the belief that he had in the God that had called him. Now, can I tell you something super sad tonight? In today's Christianity, we do know. We do know what God wants. We do know where God wants to take our families. We do know what God wants to do with our lives, and we do know what God has planned for us. And the sad thing is we know more than they knew, and yet they were willing to do more than we are. Think about it tonight. They were willing to go. They were willing to build. They were willing to leave everything behind. Why? Because they just believed God, and yet we know what God wants us to do. We know what God's called us to do, and we're not even willing to do the things we already know. Here's my question. Do we really believe tonight? Do we really believe? Mark chapter 9, we, we read the account of the young man who was a lunatic. His dad came to Christ and he says, my son's a lunatic. He gets tossed in the fire all of the time and he asks uh, the Lord to come and heal him. And Jesus says this in verse 23. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. What did he say? If thou canst believe. All things are possible. What was the possibility based on? Belief. Can I tell you, 
the potential of this church in this year, the potential for God in your home, it's unlimited. Why? Because all things are possible, but what is the caveat? If we believe. It hinges on if we believe. Folks, what's amazing about that passage of Scripture, it tells me that if I believe, nothing's out of reach. Nothing's out of reach. You know, you think about being that missionary on that foreign field you're thinking about going to, that you don't want to go to. You like, I don't know that I could do that. Watch this. Watch this. All things are possible when you what? Believe. Yes, you could go to Africa. Yes, you could go to Antarctica and, and preach to the Eskimos and the, the penguins down there. Yes, you could. Why? Because all things are possible if we believe. And tonight, the reason I believe we dare not try anything beyond our own means is simply because we don't believe enough. We only try the possible. How, what a sad epitaph that would be for a church. They only tried what was possible when God desired to do so much more. I think about the change that God wants to bring in my life this year. I don't know what it is. But I know he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. And if he wants to make me something I'm not, I'm thinking, I don't know that I could ever do that. Wait a minute. All things are possible if we what? If we believe. By the way, do you know one way you can sure tell of whether or not we believe something? The greatest evidence that we believe something is when we allow that something to change us. There was not an amen in the house on that one. Let it sink in for a moment. The greatest evidence we believe something is when we let that thing change us. That if I truly believe in the will and the word of God, I'm going to let it change me if I truly believe that. It's been amazing to me, the, the people I've watched throughout the years, uh, growing up from high school and friends at college, watching the changes that took place in their life. For instance, when I was in college, I did not have a football team, college football team that I pulled for. I <clears throat> didn't watch a whole lot of college football. And now, obviously, you come to my office, there's LSU stuff in there. And, uh, man, you're really, I've been to LSU games. I pull for LSU. I've even got an LSU hat that I wear. It's a flat bill that my wife says looks like, you know, a thug, but uh, somebody bought it for me, so I wear it. You're like, man, you really changed. Yeah, I was changed. Why? Because I got married. And, man, I started believing <laughs> Why? Because the woman I'm living with believes in it. I thought, you know what? It's good for my own health that I start believing in it. And so I changed. It's amazing changes that take place in our life are often a result of things we believe. Maybe you changed your diet. You know, the other day I was at Brother A.J. and Sarah's house, and she brought me some coffee, and I appreciated that very much. And she says, I want you to try this. That's always scary when somebody brings you food in their home, and they want you to try something. I said, what is it? She said, just take a sip. I'm thinking, that's not fair. You know? And so I took a sip and I drank it. I said, that's pretty good coffee. I said, what is it? She said, it's mushroom coffee. All right. You know, I didn't live in the 70s, so I didn't go through what some of you went through with. There's too many of you laughed. I ain't got the joke out yet. I was waiting for my toes to start tingling in those neon lights to start flashing, you know, and. I'm thinking the Lord talks about strong drink in the Bible. It doesn't say about mushrooms, so I hope I'm not defiling Scripture here. And you know what? I was willing to try it. Do you know why? Because I believed everything was going to be all right. She wasn't going to give me something that was going to kill me. By the way, I want you to think about your doctor tonight. Think about the medicine he gives you. And you're willing to take it. Do you know what's in some of that stuff? 
We're not going to have a, a pharmaceutical class tonight. I was at the doctor the other day, and he gave me a nitroglycerin pill to put under my tongue. I said, what was that? Nitroglycerin. All that I can remember is the war wagon from John Wayne. I think, you want me to put that under my tongue? And I was willing to put it under my tongue. I was waiting for the explosion, you know. Made my head explode for a few minutes. You know why I was willing? Because I believed in the doctor. You see, my willingness was directly affected. You ever fly? Not on mushrooms? You ever fly? <laughs> Some of you are laughing too hard. We got to talk after the service. Some of y'all enjoyed the 70s too much. You ever fly? You know, I've been on tons and tons and tons of airplanes. I get on an airplane and go somewhere, and I usually see the captain in there, but I don't know him. I don't know if he's having a good day or a bad day. I don't know if he's mad at his wife or mad at the world. I'm just hoping all is well. I know that. I get in there, and I have my wife and my daughter, and we buckle up, and here we are about to go 35,000 feet in the air, 600 miles an hour, negative 70 degrees up there. And I'm willing to do that. Why? Because I believe. I'm willing to do that. A total stranger. Place my family's care in his hands. All because I believe. It makes me willing. And here's the question. Do we really believe the Lord? In his word. In his will. The question is simple. If belief is measured in willingness. Do I really believe? Abraham Went to a different country, a different life, had a different name and a different future. Why? He was willing to do that because he believed. The disciples would leave their family, their livelihood, their career, everything they knew. Why did they leave that? Why were they willing to do that? Evidently, they believed. Now, folks, what are we willing to do this year in order to become ready? Our belief will determine our willingness. Finally, I'll give you this and I'll let you go tonight. If you look back in Hebrews 11 one more time, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out, into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance. The Bible says he obeyed. He was willing. Why? Because he really did believe. He went out not knowing whither he went. So how did his journey down the road of readiness being used of God? How did it begin? Number one, it began with belief. He really believed on God. He believed in who God was, that God keeps his word, and that he could trust in God. And his belief was so much it led him to be willing. Then verse number 8, the Bible says this was the land that he should receive for what? An inheritance. Now, this is important because God didn't give him the land in two days or two weeks. God didn't say, okay, Abraham, you set out on this journey, and in two days you're going to have this inheritance. No, this was going to take years upon years upon years upon years. That means his willingness could not be short-lived, that Abraham's willingness had to be there for the long haul. Now, this is important. We're going to close with this tonight. Why? Well, the outcome of the inheritance would be decided by not just being willing, but by staying willing. And this is number three. Third step that Abraham took on the road to readiness. Our willingness will decide our outcome. Our willingness will decide our outcome. Can I tell you, so many of us never live to see the inheritance. Not because God couldn't bring it to fruition, but because we wouldn't stay willing. You know... Folks, there are people, I know people who've prayed for their spouse to be saved 25 years before they saw them come to know the Lord. I'll guarantee you their spouse tonight is so thankful they stayed willing. Not that I'm just willing to pray for this week and next week. No, I'm going to stay willing. Why? Because God is willing. He's not willing that any should perish. And if God is willing, we ought to be willing. 
The problem is we get bored, don't we? And we quit praying. And how often is that something we're guilty of tonight? We just quit trusting God for what God desired to do. Now think about this. The children of Israel, when they left Egypt, did they believe? Yeah, they believed. Man, they walked out of there, the Bible says, with a high hand. And they're excited. And boy, they get up to the Red Sea and God brings them through. And they were willing. What was their problem? Why did they never see the promised land, most of those people? They didn't stay willing. They didn't stay willing. If there's one thing tonight about Americans, it is our enthusiasm is very short-lived. We get excited about something for a little while and we move on to something else. The sad thing is when we move on from the promises of God, we're always settling for second best. We're missing out on what God desired for us, the readiness of a home, the readiness of your heart, the readiness to be the dad that God called you to be, the readiness to be the wife that God called you to be. That's waiting on the other end. But what do we have to do? We have to stay willing because there's an inheritance. Job went this far to say this, Job 13, 15. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Sounds like he's kind of committed. Though he slay me, yet will I what? Trust. He says, I'm looking to God and I know him. He cannot lie. He cannot fail. He will always fulfill his promise. And Job says, I'm going to trust him though he slay me. What is the outcome? Well, it's very simple. The Bible says in verse 10, for he looked for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. Can I tell you what I want in my life this year? I want something from God. And I want to find what God wants for me. I want to become the readiest Jeremiah Andrews that I can become. Why? Because that's what God wants for me. Can I tell you what you want this year? You want what God wants for you. That's what you want. Do you know what you want for your home? You want your home to be the home that God wants for you. You say, well, how do we get there? Well, you're going to have to learn to stay willing. Because your willingness is going to determine the outcome. It was Abraham's willingness that was going to determine his inheritance. I believe tonight that every one of us wants to be ready. We started the theme off a couple of Sundays ago. Man, we're excited about it. Great enthusiasm this year. We're all looking forward uh, to becoming ready. Let's fill in those blank places of our lives on our little card. But wait a minute. Wanting to be ready and wanting to be willing are two totally different things. There's a lot of things in my life I'm ready for, but maybe I'm not willing to be about. Here's the question tonight. Are you willing? Are you willing? Number one, it begins with belief. You get close to God and realize who he is. And you realize tonight it's not enough just to believe in God. i got to believe on God. Our journey begins with belief. Number two, our belief is going to determine our willingness. Your willingness tonight is really showing you how much you believe. And tonight, if I want to see what God has for me at the end of the road, the inheritance, I've got to be willing to stay willing and stay about the will of God. Maybe tonight you're like that dad, and we'll close with this. That dad, back in Mark 9, Jesus told him, uh, if he believed that all things were possible, what did he ask Jesus for? He says, help thou my unbelief. He says, I want the outcome of my son being healed. He says, will you help my unbelief? Tonight, we might believe. Here's the question. Do we believe enough to see what God wants to do with us this year at our church? Tonight, our heads are bowed and eyes are closed for a few minutes. I want to ask you a question. Nobody's looking around. Heads are bowed.